Hey everyone, welcome back to Brain Buzz Podcast. This is Drake, and uh, today we talked about my work uh, and what I've been doing the last kind of three years because we wanted to update everybody and we didn't want to send everybody to my old episode talking about work that I'm not really doing anymore. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, cheers. Friends, colleagues, and returning listeners, welcome to another episode, another season of Brain Buzz. We are your hosts. I'm Kyle. And I'm Drake. And, uh, you know, Drake and I were going back through our archives over the last, uh, over the summer, really. And, uh, you know, it kind of got us thinking. We haven't updated anything uh, in terms of our oldest episodes recently. So we thought, today's a day. Let's let's kind of revisit. Let's start fresh. Let's see uh, Let's see how, we've, how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> Drake, I know, uh, I know, I listened to our very first two episodes this morning, and you've listened to them uh, recently as well. Um, you know, one of the things that's kind of spurred this conversation is the realization that, you know, we've gotten a lot better at this. <laughs> Arguably, yeah, Arguably. A better, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you know, I with that in mind, um, you know, we we've kind of been realizing that we don't necessarily think that that's the best representation of the content and quality of the content that you'll be getting going forward. And so as a consequence, we we want to kind of uh, rewrite that narrative a little bit. So uh, with that in mind, we're going to uh, we're going to kind of revisit those episodes. We're going to uh, kind of go take a take a little bit of a, a way, way back machine kind of approach to all this. And uh, we're going to give you a sense as to who we are and what we do and, uh, you know, what's going on in our lives. So uh, with no, without further ado, really, uh, Drake, welcome to the program. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> that might have been my longest intro ever. Yeah, uh, it's impressive. Yeah, you've oh, come well, so thanks. far. Well, I, you know, I do try and still to this day acquiesce. You, you do ask great questions, and I, I do like to kind of listen and play along. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, that's not what we're about today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be <laughs> asking you some targeted questions, and hopefully, you'll give me some great answers that I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate. I will try my best, my man. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Um, you know, why don't we start with who you are? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Drake. Uh, I am uh, a third-year PhD student now in health psychology at UBC uh, and a co-host of Brain Buzz Podcast, as some people may know. Um, and so this this episode came to be more or less because we wanted everybody to know who we were. Uh, this would have been three years ago that we recorded our first episode, I think, right? Uh, yeah, about like that. that. Was it three years? Maybe more, yeah. Like, it's uh, been a it long time. feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> so, like, we we thought we were doing very distinct things in our research, and that changed. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, not that the things that we were saying, we weren't true when we were, we were saying them, but, I mean, we've changed our in some ways some of it we, we, we've changed what we do as researchers and so and what we focus on so um yeah i am a relationship researcher and a sexuality researcher that's how i describe it um uh, but i'm in health psychology and i focus a lot on you know, how couples support each other uh, and how they can manage stress so let's let's kind of take a step back here and unpack some of this so you said a sexuality and relationships researcher so what what exactly are those two things yeah, I mean, so it, there's a lot uh, that can that is just such a huge umbrella term that I use all the time because it's just kind of it's easier to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I do within uh, what I started on whenever I was in undergrad, like six years ago, seven years ago, um, I was originally interested in uh, how 
couples and how people in romantic relationships kind of uh, why they get attracted why they're attracted to each other um and so that kind of got me into um relationship research because i started asking professors specifically Joss, dr jocelyn wentland who was my first uh real supervisor uh how i can get into this work and so she did she did casual sex research she looked at how to define casual sex relationships uh, and i did my first real research project with her uh and that kind of got me into the canadian sex research uh gang uh per se uh so now i know a lot of the call all my colleagues uh, in sexuality research across north america uh have really impacted the way that i look at research and what i'm what i'm interested in so the work that i do within sexuality is uh has a lot has been a lot of focus or a lot of it has been focused on sexual orientation in men uh, and how that can impact uh different outcomes so we've looked at um you know how gay men bi men or uh, straight men uh basically how they manage non-consensual sexual experiences and what their experiences are. Uh, so I did a paper uh, with Raymond McKee on that. Uh, and we've looked at how technology can impact sexual sensation seeking within uh, men who have sex with men and heterosexual men. Um, and looked at things like uh, men's genital self-image. So how people perceive, uh, how men perceive their genitals uh, and how that can vary based on sexual orientation and geographic region. So those are the things that I've been working on in sexuality. Uh, and then within relationships, uh, it, it varies, but mostly it's, it's oriented around how couples manage stress on a day-to-day basis uh, and what coping strategies they use and how they support each other uh, and how that can impact their long-term health outcomes or their relationship outcomes. Now, Drake, you mentioned kind of earlier on in that uh, segment there, uh, the gang, and you talk about Dr. Jocelyn Wentland, uh, and you, you've kind of alluded to others, but we've actually had the fortune of having some of these others join us since we recorded these ver- uh, those very first episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've had uh, Scott Semenina, uh, obviously, uh, Jocelyn Wentland, we've had uh, Lana Peterson, uh, Lydia Roos, uh, just a, a ton of these really fascinating and, and excellent researchers uh, come in to be able to, to chat with us, really, mm-hmm. um, which has, has I imagine for you, been a pretty, pretty awesome experience to get to have these conversations with people so well respected and regarded in their fields. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no, co- it's not a coincidence here. Um, the, <laughs> we are, we recruit the the researchers that we are most interested in. And so I have a lot of colleagues uh, and friends that, uh, that we pulled on heavily from the beginning. Uh, and <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, that's why you can see a lot of relationship and sexuality researchers um, popping their heads in and uh, joining us for episodes because I, I love their work and I always love to to talk about relationships and, and sexuality. So I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely had an impact on the guests that we, that I, <laughs> that I, I reach out for and, and, you know, guests that we're going to have uh, for the foreseeable future. Cause I continue to, to, there's more and more that I, uh, colleagues and researchers in those fields that I'm interested in hearing about their work. So, yeah, totally. And, and that's, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky that we've got one, one researcher who kind of does sexy research, uh, no pun intended there, because, you know, that's, that's what people find really fascinating, I think. And, and hell, I'm not even, you know, I don't even do that kind of work. And I think it's really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get to kind of what I do later on. And, and, <laughs> you know, we'll kind of discover that maybe, maybe some of the people that we'd be chatting to in my world wouldn't necessarily be the biggest draws but um, no no they're fun i mean there's 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 different interests uh across all the areas right and i think there's a lot of of, course and and yeah i mean 
it's sexier for sure. I mean, the work <laughs> that we do is that's the whole point, right? I think that's why it's been so easy for me to transition into this work. And also it was kind of a, a barrier when I got into doing sex research uh, because, you know, my family and my friends didn't really understand what it was. And I didn't really know what I was doing either. Like I didn't have all those papers written at that point. So <laughs> I was just like, I'm just interested in it. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely sexier, but there's, I mean, there's so many cool researchers just on, in so many different fields. So uh, I'm, yeah, grateful absolutely. That, I'm grateful that your stuff isn't as sexy. So it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> We're a nice balance. Yes. Um, okay. So, so we've kind of talked a little bit about some of the sexuality research and the relationships research. What's going on now? Like, where are we going? Um, you've done some other stuff in the interim as well. Um, where am we going? I mean, where am I going, I guess? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like, my main focus is, is heading towards how to look at um, couples and how they manage stress and what health outcomes or relationship outcomes they have. So I'm kind of in a conceptualization period, concept, conceptualization period of uh, my dissertation right now. Um, but uh, one paper that I'm just about to, to submit for publication um, focuses on couples that are dealing with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And so one partner, one of the partners has rheumatoid arthritis and we wanted to see how the type of support. So if they're giving, I mean, if they're giving positive support to their partner or if they're receiving positive support from their partner, uh, we wanted to know, you know, who's benefiting if, if they're benefiting uh, or if, you know, if the social support's not really helping. Uh, and so most people think that social support is always a good thing. Uh, and it's not actually the case. A lot of the literature suggests that support can vary in a lot of ways and, and, and people's responses to that support can change uh, based on so many factors. So what I'm looking at is basically looking at uh, the individuals with rheumatoid arthritis to see how their arthritis self-efficacy, so the way that they th perceive their ability to manage their disease. So if they think that they can manage the disease on their own, uh, they would report having a high self-efficacy. Uh, and then individuals with low self-efficacy would be people that don't think they can manage uh, their disease effectively. You know, they're, they're having trouble managing flare-ups uh, or managing pain, and they feel like they have no control over that, and so they might report low self-efficacy. We found that individuals that were low in self-efficacy, when they received positive support from their partner, so, you know, their partner was being helpful, they were trying to adapt to whatever situation was occurring with their rheumatoid arthritis, we found that uh, receiving positive social support for the individuals low in self-efficacy actually made their disease severity worse uh, a year later. And then we found the opposite for individuals that were high in self-efficacy. So those that were able to manage their disease effectively, those individuals, when they received positive support, they reported having lower disease severity, which is a good thing um, a year later. Interesting. So there's this weird interaction going on between high and low self-efficacy and positive and negative support. Uh, just positive support, actually. So it's not even negative. Oh. Yeah. So oh. it's it's all it's all well intentioned support. So their partner's trying to help them. Uh, it's not mm -hmm. that it's the support in any way is bad. Um, it's just that you know they're trying to help. Huh. Interesting. So so let's just take a second to unpack this. What exactly is uh, like positive support? What does that look like if you had to um, if you want to exhibit positive support to a partner? What would that look like? Yeah. Actually, that's a that's a really good question. So the way that we operationalized positive support or defined it, we used a scale that was a 16 item positive support scale from Revinson and colleagues. Uh, and so what they 
did was they made this scale that was specifically for individuals with RA. So how you support individuals with RA, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And so some of those things that we would ask is, you know, please indicate like how you respond to your partner when they're feeling, uh, not feeling well because of their rheumatoid arthritis. So things like, uh, listening to your partner, giving them information or advice if they want it, you know, boosting their spirits, giving up some of your time and energy to help them with whatever issues they, whatever things they need done, uh, or helping them explore alternative options, you know, sharing the upset with you. So there's, those are the kind of things that we were asking within this. And so it's really getting at a bunch of different types of support. So you're getting at like, you know, the emotional support, uh, informational support, which are, you know, two different types of support. Uh, one's, you know, emotional is like, if you have a partner, and you come home and you really want to vent that day uh, about how shitty your boss is or something like that. Uh, you can, you know, you'll come home and you want to vent and you want to get some emotion, uh, emotional support. You just want someone to say, you know, oh, that sucks. Like, tell me more about that. Like, how that really sucks. You know, I'm here to listen to you. That's kind of an emotional support. Um, informational or instrumental support is another type of support. And there's def- different uh, researchers have different um, definitions as to what types of support to, to look at. Um, but informational or instrumental that often kind of lies in uh what men give a lot of actually (laughs) um and that's basically giving advice or giving information to help problem solve usually uh so you know uh an example would be you know when you come home and you're you're pissed off and you know you just want to vent uh and your stupid husband or boyfriend decides (laughs) to tell you how to fix the problem that you really aren't asking them to fix right Uh, right (laughs) that that is instrumental support and it can be good there's a lot of times where it can be good um but there are also times like in that example where it, it, it might not be as good so that's that's kind of an example of you know support isn't always good uh and that kind of falls in line with the the idea or the matching hypothesis uh, support matching hypothesis. So what that says is basically, you know, support will be good. It will be beneficial if it matches the support that you need. So if you come home and you want to vent and you want to have some emotional support, but you don't want any answers and your partner starts giving you those answers, you're not going to be, you're not going to benefit from that support. Uh, and so that's a big proponent of, you know, why support sometimes doesn't help. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think we can all you know, regardless of, of gender, we, we've been in those situations where, you know, maybe we just want to, maybe we just want to vent a bitch about our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and our partner comes along and, and, you know, is trying to be, is all well-intentioned, but is maybe giving us, you know, answers to problems that we don't necessarily want to solve at that particular moment in time. We just want to bitch about them uh, or vice versa. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a very, a very relatable experience for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Drake, just before we kind of wrap up here, if if somebody want to to kind of get to know you, what are the what are the Coles notes like? What do you do outside of outside of academia? What makes you as a human being uh, function? What makes me function? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's, yeah, things things shift a lot, I guess, because it's been an interesting year, right? So a lot of things <laughs> that I used to do, I don't do as much anymore. Um, but I found a lot of I find I'm having a lot of interest in uh, baking. Um, <laughs> I'm really like interested in just cooking and baking a lot lately. I don't know. That was just kind of the COVID response, I guess, was to start pick up one of those things. So I did that. Um, Were you, were you one of those people making uh, a bread and posting it on your Instagram feed all the time? (laughs) uh, No, I never ventured into the making of uh, sourdough breads or anything like that. I thought, um, I am trying to figure out how to do plants as well. I'm now a plant Mm -hmm. daddy. Um, There you go. So I've got like, my brother's been assisting me on this, but I've been like uh, acquiring plants 
left and right, uh, and a lot of them dying. So I'm definitely <laughs> down for if anybody's got tips on how to keep my ZZ plants or my snake plant alive. Uh, I think they're like the most low maintenance, but they're dying. I love them too much. That's the problem. I give them too much water, and that's uh, yeah. Anyway, that's this isn't a this isn't a uh, green thumb or a planters or a plant person <laughs> podcast. But that's my life right now. Um, I've been doing that, and I've been really just enjoying doing the podcast and uh, and looking at research and, and and reading more. I've been getting into more uh, more reading casually, which is which is interesting because I do enough reading as it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is interesting. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of academics don't like doing it because <laughs> they're yeah. like, I read too much anyway. So, yeah, I can I can appreciate that when you spend, you know, eight hour, nine hour day reading papers. Yeah. It's tough to sit down and crack open a book. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. OK, um, let's wrap this up then. Drake, pleasure as always. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate this is a uh, good little refresh as to what we're doing. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Cheers. Until next time, cheers.